welcome everybody to another episode of the Feeding Frenzy. You are, of course, listening in with the Big Force, the Minister for Entertainment, and I've got with me my favourite co-host slash probationary worker. I feel like I've got a uh, an intern actually in Jake the Snake Stewart. How are you, mate? Yeah, well, thanks, mate. I'm not sure uh, how Big Whopper would feel about favourite, but um, yeah, I'll take it. I've got my pee plates up and I'm ready to go. Oh, I said favourite intern. I mean, you make a pretty good coffee, so that's that's good to know. Yeah, I've got a bit of experience as a barista, but uh, yeah, just trying my hand in the media circuit at the moment, and uh, yeah, just trying to diversify, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely, and we're going to work on the ums today, and the uh, the monotone, as you as you say yourself. Yeah, trying to replace the ums with ours and uh, <laughs> change it up a little bit from time to time, but. Uh, yeah, there we go. See, they're already coming out. <laughs> That's right. Everybody loves it when you play the classics, so let's keep it that way, I reckon. <laughs> All right, now I'd like to throw over to our, one of our first guests tonight. So we have big Andrew Hilltop Hill. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And a man who I guess I've only ever known as BT. How are you, Rob? Not too bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no worries. I don't know how... Um... Big tags he's going to take having Snake as the uh, the favourite intern happening at the moment. I think you'll be a bit upset about that. Oh, it's contentious already. <laughs> oh, I think you'll be a bit upset about that. <laughs> we'll see how we go. I mean, Tagsy's uh, definitely earned himself a second spot at, at another go round. So if he's yeah. uh, if he wants to get in there, what he has to do is come around and let us know and put his application into our executive producer, <laughs> Rick Wallace, and see what happens. But yeah. uh, I don't make the decisions. So... <laughs> I just make the podcast. <laughs> a bit more sponsorship wouldn't go astray. Oh, that's right. I, I don't mind those direct seating balls. They're not too bad. And the, and the bus trips are pretty good too. So we'll, we'll uh, yeah, keep keep that in mind if you need some uh, extra brownie points to get on the show, mate. Oh, well, there you go, Tags. Got to get a couple more footies out there for us and you might get another gig. <laughs> that's the way. So um, let's see. We'll start with you today, Snakey. So um, let's see. What did we have last week? We had a big game against Denmark. Home game again. Uh, and just disappointing, I guess, that we're not going to see any action in Denmark this week, this year, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've been working on that new surface for a little while now, and there was big talk about it being ready this year, and obviously they were supposed to be hosting the grand final, and that's all sort of gone down the gurgler as of last week. Um, but... That that track has always been an absolute mud pit, so as a player, you just sort of hope that uh, they take the time to get it right, and once we can finally get back on there, that it's up to standard with the rest of the playing surfaces around town. Yeah, especially when we are pretty lucky to have such a good surface ourselves this year especially. Um, there have been a few sneaky complaints around about it being a bit stiffer than the other ones, but... Definitely better for holding water. Um, although, admittedly, this year we haven't seen a lot of it, have we? We haven't had any really wet, wet games yet. It's been a pretty dry winter for Albany standards, but yeah, you, you're definitely correct there. Uh, the Centennial Stadium is pretty good in the wet. Uh, gets a bit slippery, but doesn't get too sloppy, so that's that's always good. Um, but a bit of a hard surface. It's nothing on the uh, the training grounds over on Lockyer Avenue there. Uh, much happier than when we get to train on the main ground because my, my old body tends to disagree with me a lot less on those weeks. Yeah, for sure. And that Lockyer Avenue training grounds are 
you know, they suit the purpose, I guess, but we avoid them wherever we can, which is the main thing. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's why we switched to Tuesday night trainings because we had to get on that main surface at least once a week. Otherwise, blokes like myself and Fossil were just going to degrade too quickly and <laughs> you'd never you'd see the back of us a lot quicker than expected. <laughs> Fair enough. Shout out to good old Fossil. He was on the training track tonight again, which was good. Um, numbers overall tonight at training were a bit light on, wouldn't you say? A bit light on. Uh, very flat indeed uh with uh not to not to get too far ahead of ourselves but with uh the top of the table team in royals coming up this week you would have hoped that we'd had a good showing and uh yeah i don't know there's probably probably a few good excuses and a few pretty slack ones but tonight was pretty average at at best yeah it's always disappointing especially when the night light tonight was pretty cold out there. Um, you trained tonight. What do you reckon? Was it was, was it as cold as it looked out there from from where I was sort of sitting, or did, was, was it alright once you got around the track a bit? No, I feel like it was pretty good conditions tonight, really. Yeah. Um, as far as training goes, yeah, we've had a fair few uh, wet and woolly ones. So no, I feel like the uh, the wind was down. It was actually a pretty good night to be out on the track. Yeah, and um, obviously for someone like yourself, um, you know we good opportunity to congratulate you on your first league game this week just just gone by so uh oh, thanks good, good to see you back up there tags be very proud of himself giving himself the old pat on the back for the footy factory uh <laughs> running at full tilt as it always does we send them up but they don't come back but that's how he likes it um so congratulations on getting back up there and obviously for someone like yourself trying to make sure you stay up at that same same intensity and level to stay on the game there so um obviously someone like yourself has always got that little bit extra to drive for um what do you reckon the difference is at the moment compared to earlier this season? What, why are we not seeing the numbers that we were before? Um, I think everyone was pretty excited going into the start of the season. You know, had a couple of really good games at the end of last year. And then to get that win over Denmark, yeah, everyone was really up and about. And then just felt like once once started having those couple of blowouts again and everyone just starts losing that motivation. Um, as we've said on other podcasts and stuff, and we said it at training as well, we've always got that core group that's really up and about and want to make something better. And unfortunately, there's not as much of that as there could be and should be. So, But um, I feel like based on last year, there probably is a fair few more than there was last year. So at least we are kind of heading in the right direction. But uh, the more we can get down there, the better. And do you think there's something we might have to look at sort of going forward, BT, trying to find a way to get these people down the track? Do we need to crack our whip a little bit more or do we just need to let the, the culture build itself? How do you feel about it? Um, well, I definitely think we need to, to do something about the numbers. Like, I've played a bit of footy in a few different teams and I've never really uh, been in a situation sort of like this where come sort of four weeks left, there's sort of no one at all on the track. I mean, whether it's having that two-week buy for Landmark and over the holidays, whether that's uh, <clears throat> something that needs to be looked at by the league in general, because I think um, from what I've seen uh, driving around and stuff, Royals look like they don't have the numbers that they normally would, and, and neither do railways. So whether it's something like that that um, needs to be looked at, um, I'm not too sure. Like this being my first year down here, I've, I'm sort of not, uh, I guess, used to that drop off, and whether that happens every year or not, whether that's something you guys can 
sort of fill me in on if, if that is something that happens. Um, Snakey, is that something that happens regularly? I think it's a pretty common occurrence. Uh, I was sort of on the outskirts of a conversation with Chubb uh, last week um, and he'd be able to offer a bit more insight if we can have a look at maybe getting him here this 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 late on a Tuesday evening. Oh, I, I know it's I know it's past the old bloke's bedtime, but uh, but yeah, he he seemed to be of the uh, of the thinking that uh, landmark they created the two week buy because not enough people were committing to going away to Landmark and playing representative footy because of the risk of coming back and not being able to play local footy through injury. So they created the extra buy there so that people could go away, represent their community, play representative footy, give it everything they got, come back, recover, and still be able to commit fully to their teams. Uh, from what I understand, we're still not getting the numbers and the commitment with all the all-star talent that we've got available to us through the GSFL. Um, and I'm, I'm admittedly a little bit dark on that whole system because I put my hand up for it this year and I you know, opened up the, uh, the budget to check out the preliminary squad and looked through the 45 names and my name wasn't on there. So, you know, if you're looking for people that are keen, well, they're sitting right here and they're not getting selected. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a tough system because you want to take the best team available, but uh, it seems like the best team available didn't want to be a part of it. So it's a pretty hard balance to keep, but I think what's most important is is us going away and, and representing well and, and taking a team that wants to be there. I think if you do the number crunch really quickly, I mean, does, does Albany necessarily forward 45 blokes on their own? Is that is that what I'm understanding? Not Albany Sharks, the GSFL. GSFL so, so the so extended squad was 45. Yeah. And then they supposedly hold a training session, um, which is supposed to get all those guys on the track and then you whittle it down to a 25 30 man nice. squad correct yeah, or close to 30 so you have numbers for the those games so obviously playing a couple on a friday and saturday and then get through to grand final on a sunday so yeah. you want a few boys but um like you're saying with with the people that were there i was quite shocked just to see how many boys from other teams actually did put their hands up you know you're, you're missing blokes that are meant to be you know what is it, the, the Clemens, the, the best and fairest of the league. And Correct, yeah. you got blokes like, what's it, Logan Stubber from Railways, who's meant to be a favourite for that, not putting his hands up purely because, you know, Craig Dewey coaches from from North Albany. Like, it's, a bit, it's a bit ridiculous, that that whole system. But going back to the Sharks, um, with that two-week break, do we tend to lose boys over that two-week break and then coming back regularly in, in the past? Or is that just something that's... More this year, more than anything, that's that's really gone down. It happens every year, and as uh, as as Hilltop said earlier, um, I've I've been at the Sharks for this is my eighth year on the trot now, and every year we get marginally better with our numbers, and this preseason and early season was a record breaking year for. Not only numbers on the track, but numbers paid up. 
so plenty of positives to take out from what we've achieved so far, but there has been a massive fallout uh, leading up to and including that two-week buy. It's, it's a common occurrence, yes. And it's something that needs to be addressed, but we have regularly and consistently addressed it as well. Mm -hmm. And as I said, we make small improvements, but there's always room for improvement as well. Now, obviously, it's very easy to um, solve all the world's problems with a couple of cans in hand and uh, all that sort of carry on with a couple of blokes sitting around a table and all that, but just, as I said, just sort of a quick number crunch. You know, you're looking at, you've got six teams in Albany, uh, or Albany in surrounds, obviously, so we're looking at you know 120 odd blokes, and you're robbing 120 blokes of footy in order to pay for 45 people to go away and represent the Albany and surrounds in the GSFL. So it seems like they've created a problem in order to fix a problem. And it, let's face it, if anybody's if anybody's dying out because of it, it's not the uh, it's not the going away for a footy carnival. It's the people in the local footy every weekend, isn't it? I think there's also more to it. Uh, it's not just the simple fact that representative footy is on, because um, it's not only the senior landmark carnival, but on that same weekend the GSFL gone, uh, sorry, the GSFL Colts go and represent in their own landmark landmark carnival. Yeah. So it's all happening uh, at the same time. There's school holidays, and so your sixteens and your Colts are depleted of numbers. Uh, all of a sudden, if you try and play through that. With, you know, boarding kids from out of town going back to the farms and and families wanting to take their kids away on holidays, all of a sudden you got multiple young young teams that are having to forfeit or just play scratch matches just to make it up. And But this is why we have playoffs, isn't it though? We've had a couple of playoffs this year already where we've had a couple of teams not being able to make it and they've uh, ended up playing a Thursday night game or a Tuesday night game, you know, it's not it's not unachievable. It's not unachievable, but I don't know if rescheduling matches is a uh, a, vi- a, a viable long-term option. Uh, I know that Denmark have had to do it on multiple occasions just because of the situation they're in this year with not having uh, a, a home ground and struggling to achieve numbers and, and what have you. But uh, I, I don't see that as a as a viable option in trying to trying to grow and improve this league and in trying to improve our own club looking internally we're doing it for the greater good of trying to improve this league on the whole you got to remember for you know for guys like myself and and Hilltop that have been around a while this was a five team competition Every week, someone was having to sit back and and have a buy and just that might have been good for the long term uh, management of injury, but looking looking forward, and when you're talking about representative representative footy and making sure that everybody that goes away and represents the Great Southern is good to go. A five-team competition in a 15-round season just wasn't a great concept. Uh, You want six teams, you want all of them firing, and that's why we're here. Mm. We're we're here to slowly but surely 
ever so slowly even it up and, <laughs> and and no one's no one's wanted to gift wrap it to us no one's wanted to make it easy on us but I think you know the blokes that we got here doing the hard yards are the kind of blokes that you want to be playing footy alongside well I was actually going to make that joke that I'm sure for a couple of years people would have said they, they still did have a bye week when they played the Sharks but um <laughs> You know, I think it was said perfectly uh, by the Denmark lead coach when they when they hang around for beers and everything like that, where it's not the case anymore. You know, the sharks are the real deal, and we haven't haven't as we said we talk about it a bit on the podcast, just about stringing those four quarters together. But we are not the team that you can rest your players against anymore. I don't think, and I think uh, you know, Hilly, you've been involved with the sharks for how many years? You've been in the sharks for now. You've been around uh, for a bit. Second year. Second year. So yeah. you've obviously seen some big, uh, big improvements even in the time that you've been here. Deceptively long time. Deceptively <laughs> long time. Absolutely. Far <laughs> out. Feels like you've been here longer than that. Yeah. Um, I think just goes to show. Like last year, I expected to come in. Yeah, not really playing much footy before. I expected to come in and play in the Bloods last year. Um, and the fact that I was getting league games was kind of, it showed <laughs> we were chasing numbers. Yep. Um, and then as disappointing as it was to go back down to the blood, it puts that bit of fire in your belly. But at the same time, it's good that we've got those players now to bump up the league side and it gives you something to strive towards, you know, like getting BT and Marwick and um, Taj and stuff into that league side. It's, it's obviously gone leaps and bounds forward for the club and yeah and there's nothing wrong with playing in the twos and really really striving forward to to make that one and I think it's definitely brought up the bloods as well <coughs> having those couple of players who are on the cusp of that league league cool. footy and just bringing up the whole group so I think it's um compared to last year can see like massive steps forward as far as that goes so and I think one thing that we can have uh, as you know a bit of a, a point of pride is the fact that we don't seem to have that big dividing line between the two. You know, there's no, there's no bloods player who's too good for the to talk to a league player and vice versa. You know, we don't have that that sort of um, that sort of segregation. Do you, do you feel like you're obviously someone who's had a bit to do with both sides? Is that how you feel about it as well? Yeah, I think it's definitely changed as far as that goes. Um, yeah, it's been brought up a bit early in this season how there is been a divide in the past um, but I feel like that's definitely something that's whittling away a fair bit and it's it's things like the Friday night dinners and that you know having like lipstick battle and stuff like that just a chance for everyone to get in together you know off of the footy field because on the footy field it's so easy to just separate into your groups like you even see it with your forwards and backs and stuff all having their own little huddles during the game and that but yeah everyone when they go up on a Sunday after the games to do awards and Friday nights having their dinner. We're all just footy blokes having a few beers, having some dinner and having a chat about how everyone's gone. Exactly. We're all at the mercy of Judge Skinny too, you know. That's the other thing <laughs> that's as well, it. I guess. I mean, Everyone's uh, got to watch out. Oh, that's yeah. exactly right. I mean, uh, BT, you've been, you've been stung, haven't you? Yeah, well, I, I almost got stung. I managed to, managed to escape, which was very, very lucky. So, thank you, Judge Skinny. <laughs> he can be a, a kind and merciful uh, oh, absolutely. deity, that's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I love Skinny. Yeah. I love what he's about. So, keep doing keep doing what he's doing. Love it. Definitely not in the last episode, though. What is that? He was gunning for people in the last one, I reckon. Oh, he was, yeah. he was out for blood. He wasn't listening oh, no. to yeah, he wasn't oh, listening boy. to much of the explanation. No, he wasn't <laughs> interested in it. 
He's chasing the bird in China. That's what I love about him. You know, he gets out there and he, it's a part of his... his um, it's a part of his... You know how when you go out there and you jump up on, on the stand and you have to take your oath, you know? He takes an oath as well, and that yeah. is that... He swears and, and that he would tell as many porky pies yeah. to get a conviction as required. <laughs> and, um, you know, we just have to thank uh, Hannah Keane for making that costume because that is just oh, fantastic. It's a great costume. It I've is never, a classic. I've never had anything like that at any footy club I've ever been at, and that was just, yeah, something very unique and absolutely love it. I saw the idea on, um, on Facebook for the old sports bet. They did it last year. Yeah. Um, they did a couple of. Yeah, there you go. It's yeah, just, just crossed your mind. Yeah, it's just done me now. Yeah, yeah. yeah so a couple of um, there was one that on there that was good, and I want to get Brad Woods for it this year as well. And I, so you know, cheeky heads up there, mate. I'm coming for you. But um, for the one bloke, you know, supposedly used up the uh, the team's budget for strapping tape by round three. <laughs> yeah. And I reckon Woods is a contender for that, having both shoulders strapped. And I think from memory, he does a knee as well. Mm. So yeah, he's, does, he's, yeah. he's got a bit going on. And there, the so ankles, he might get his ankles yeah. too. Yeah, he might get both yeah. ankles and <laughs> shoulders. So. He's practically mummified. <laughs> oh, mate, sometimes you just got to get held together by tape, and oh, if that's what you got to do to play on on the weekend. That's what you. Yeah, but do. how but, much tape do you need to go on, Pi? <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point. All of those flags are getting heavier now, that's Yeah. <laughs> Having said that, though, he must have just the right amount of tape getting on there because he, he kicked, it, kicked an absolute scream on the weekend. It was a beautiful yeah. goal he kicked. And the celebration afterwards, I swear I was watching Dustin Martin. <laughs> the big arm raised, you know, on the run and everything. Well, he's, a, he's a Richmond supporter, he's, isn't he? He would have liked that. Uh, he's a turncoat, mate. I think he's got about three jerseys. And whoever's oh. highest on the ladder is who he's got, he's got on that week. But, oh, one of those people. Uh, yeah, but yeah. He's, riding, he's riding the Tigers train this year. So, um, you know, all the best to him. But yeah, uh, fantastic goal. And if you are listening, Woodsy, uh, all the best with the surgery coming up, mate. Um, he's, I think he's got shoulder surgery yeah, on the shoulder, way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so all the best for that, big fella, if you are listening. And for God's sake, get ahead. Catboy. <laughs> it's a very unique style. I love it. It's it's a beard, a mullet, and just about dreadlocks and a receding hairline all in one. It is the combo. It is the complete the package. hobo combo. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I feel like he needs a new name going in next year, like Hobilicus or something. Just <laughs> really amplify what we're yeah. looking at. <laughs> Uh, now, um, Hilly, you would have had a bit to do with judges back in your past career. Uh, how do you reckon Judge Skinny holds up? Is he is is he the real deal? Yeah, but he uh, Skinny'd probably be one of the harshest ones I've come across. He, um, so you wouldn't have mind uh, him on your side trying to chase the conviction back in the day? Oh, jeez, being up on that stand's pretty uh, pretty confronting, even when you're not the one getting uh, prosecuted. So, <laughs> but he, um, but yeah, I reckon yeah, definitely prefer a couple of those ones than Skinny because uh, I reckon once he starts gunning for you, you <laughs> can be in a bit of trouble there. So you haven't crossed this path yet, have you? Nah, mate, squeaky clean. I'll, uh, try, <laughs> yeah, try, we'll try and keep right. myself you're, that you're way. You're on the radar now, mate. <laughs> yeah, put yourself into it. That's right. That's he it. sort of forgets about the evidence and he just, if he wants to make a conviction, he's going to make a conviction, exactly. isn't he? That's yeah, exactly that's right. I swear the next time Jeffrey Oldfield gets up there, he's just going to bang the gavel before yeah. he takes. <laughs> bang, guilty, off you go. <laughs> Might need to hire myself out as a bit of legal support, I reckon. Oh, yeah? yeah. Try and get that in That's there. That's not a bad idea. I actually did toy with the idea of chucking someone up there, but I didn't know who would have the, uh, you know, the, the legal know-how to be able to get mm. up there. Maybe that'd be a good idea. Right. Andrew Hill for hire. What, 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 would your, uh, what would your ad be look like? Oh, right. 
anything for an exploit, I reckon. Oh, <laughs> oh, I like it. That's 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 gonna ring to. I reckon that would stick. <laughs> Bit of Saul Goodman. Any <laughs> 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 Breaking Bad fans out there love that one. It's <laughs> not a bad show that one. Uh, right, so. Um, Let's see, this week, as we said, we've got Royals this weekend, so naturally that automatically puts it a home game, whether we're home or away, I guess, but I think this one does fall in our category, does it not, Snakey? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're up for canteen duties this weekend, as, as far as I'm aware. And um, obviously, if, that, that, if that's the case, we're a home game, we're on canteen duties, the more important thing is, we've got the music cranking. Absolutely. <laughs> now you redeemed yourself this week. I have to say, you you handled the uh, the big stereo, the big. I think. Do you know how many watts you were in control of by by any chance? Uh, what? <laughs> I mean, just just, yeah. the, just just the one, to be honest. Uh, but uh, no, I just knew to hit play and just and just crank it to the max until people's eardrums started bleeding, and that was that was about right about the right level. That that is exactly right. Those those are pretty but, much word for word the, uh, the the advice I gave but, you this week. But I gotta be honest, I, I thought you guys looked better running out to Ed Sheeran. Oh yeah, you thought so. Yeah, that's. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Jet, like Jet, Jet set a certain tone, but Ed Sheeran just sets a certain mood. And something about the ringer, eh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Shell's gonna have to go home and buy a red wig now, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's an image you don't want. Isn't it? <laughs> That's a whole oh, other thing. <laughs> but no, you, as I said, it's a big responsibility. You're in charge of about um, about two thousand five hundred watts off the top of my head. So you're in charge of a lot of power there. But uh, no, you did a lot better job this week. All the tunes came out perfectly. Um, and I've just been told by executive producer Rick DeWallace that he's a big fan of the uh, the league playlist. Now, Hilly, this was your first time running out to the league playlist. So you you guys opened this week with the Joker and the Thief. And then back into it with your, um, with your, I guess we call it your flagship song, which is the Powderfinger, the On My Mind. How did you feel about running onto that one? Yeah, it's uh, definitely had something different to it. I think, um, yeah, normally just running out, yeah, you're kind of in the moment of the game and stuff like that, but just having a bit of music blaring behind you. It's the same thing, like when you play a night game and have the lights on, just feels that bit more professional, you know, a bit more eyes on you. I think it just adds another level to it. So well, it just gives it a bit of that big, big bass sort of vibe, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on the pyrotechnics. I'm looking oh. at you. <laughs> get the full well, light. You have no idea how much Tracy and I had to twist Jeffrey's arm to get this far, but trust me, it's, it's, all, it's all a work in progress, so I'm working on it. But um, what do you think, Hilly? Is it going to stay? Do you, do, you, do you like it? Do you rate it? Oh, definitely. I think definitely. it makes a big difference. Yeah, it just gets you psyched up, ready for the game, and yeah. And it's not distracting. Do you find it distracting, or do you know if anybody finds it distracting so far? No, I haven't heard anything bad about it. Um, <coughs> everyone's got their own pre-game rituals, but I feel like it just gets you, gets you to the next level, ready for the game. No, Denmark's Resi's side found it distracting. Yeah. Yeah. Good. When you guys, <laughs> you guys ran out, and you were all just in the moment, just soaking it up. And they ran out, and they're just sort of looking up at me like, what the f*** are you doing? <laughs> I'm just like, you do you, boo. Like, we, we got us under control. <laughs> no, I think it's something a bit unique. I, I honestly wouldn't mind if other clubs took it on as well and gave it their own shot and picked their own songs, but 
I think I've got to lock in the, the jet for us and the powder. For, you can find your own song, but that's um, something I like so far. But the thing is, they talk a big thing like in <coughs> AFL about building a bit of a fortress, and I think having that bit of music on there just kind of makes that a bit more for us as well. Like It's going to be quite daunting, as you say, for Denmark and stuff, like even Royals, even though it's their home ground too. I think it would be quite daunting to come into it and see all of us getting psyched up to having the music blaring and everything like that. I if you can get the light show going, then even better. Yeah, I think it's just about putting putting a bit of a uh, putting a bit of personal pride into it. You know, it's, it's something I enjoy doing, which is you know, anything to do with music and stuff. And uh, Jeffrey likes to call me the uh, my official title is the Minister for Entertainment. But Jeffrey likes to call me the Minister for Loud Noises. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be honest, I don't mind that. You know, it's something, it's something that I take a bit of pride in. So it's it just puts a bit of a personal stamp on it. You know, this is this is us, and this is how we're playing footy, and this is what we like to do. Um, so it's just something for us. We we can sort of you know, we, and we can all get behind it as well. You know, it's a bit of it's something that um, you know, a couple of years from now, you might not think about it, but some someday you hear a bit of powder thing on the radio. And go, oh, I used to run it. This song when we played footy. You know. I really think though, had had we known in advance that it was going to be Mitch's last game, we really should have played Big Girls yeah. Don't Cry. <laughs> should have done Big Girls Don't Cry. Oh, oh, that, 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 that would have been a Jackson. moment, eh? Bit of Miss Jackson. <laughs> he loves, Jackson. he loves big girls don't cry. Oh, no, he's a big Fergie fan. Oh, is he? Yeah, oh, he's his go-to tune. Oh wow! I think he's not. He's, he's not all about the Black Eyed Peas, but Fergie, like he'll he'll take that any day of the week. <laughs> yeah, oh, he'll settle for London Bridges. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah, we've, so we've, he's not too focused. We've, we've, we've had this conversation. That might have been a good one to come off to. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I think look, look at the bloke. He's Fergalicious he himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <he laughs> Mitchellicious, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. We could, have, we could have actually come off to that and had him chairlifted off to a bit of Big Girls Don't Cry. Real missed opportunity there. But that's all right. We'll live and learn. Live and learn, yeah. We'll get it right next time. Now, BT, you obviously mentioned playing for a couple of different clubs. and is it, have, you had, have you had a run-out team before? Yeah, I have, yeah. Back when we played it um, at Peel, we used to run out to Thunderstruck. Oh, ACDC. yeah. Oh, timeless. So, yeah, no, that was a good run. And I was going to suggest maybe maybe a bit of ACDC to run out to. But uh, I was just thinking about it there. We, we probably could run out to the Jaws theme song, really, because we're the Sharks. So. Yeah, I, look, I've, I've, I've had this conversation with a couple of people. And I, I get, get into a stage where I think people are starting to think I'm a music snob. But <laughs> I've paid a lot of attention to things like lyrics... Mm. riffs, beats per minute, all that sort of stuff, yeah. and there's been a lot of songs that have been suggested, which are songs that you'd probably chuck on to crank yourself up and go, yeah, let's get pumped, but when you actually try and imagine yourself running out to it, you can't actually, like, you think about, you know, you, yeah. you go for your first run around the uh, around the boundary square sort of thing, uh, the centre square, I should say, and it just doesn't work, it just doesn't mm. have that It's a rhythm. real slow build... Well, it could potentially be something before we actually run out. You know, have a have a little bit of it, then crank it into whatever power. power you know what? I like that. And like... you know what? Because I have been toying with the idea of picking up another speaker and putting it downstairs so that it's right next to the mm-hmm. change room, so you guys can hear when we're just about ready. Yeah. That would be a great little put that on first, and then once you hear that finish off, then you guys are out yeah. the door. Yeah. Sharks are hunting, mate. You've yeah. you've, you've just I'm put it together. Look at look at that. See, yeah, this, could be on. this is what it's all about, mate. <laughs> Ideas, man. That's it. <laughs> we'll keep this guy around. The glasses aren't well, just for looks, well, guys. Well, well, no. Welcome to the Brains Trust. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm in the in crowd now. Around me. I might have to see if I can have an assistant minister for entertainment next year. <laughs> <laughs> Get another intern. <laughs> How's your coffee skills? 
Oh, they're all right. They're all right. Not fight the barista, but I'll put it in the coffee machine. We'll get it done. Oh, I'll yeah. About it. Or I'll just go buy it and we'll just see what happens. Yeah, but that's fair enough. It depends, you know, if you're a Makoto or an Escafe kind of man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a, that is a tough one, to be honest. Ooh, I, I reckon I'm a Kona more than yeah. this cafe. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have to the, see what The happens. Mocha Kenya. Ooh. Not the not the Blend 43. Ooh, yeah. Now we're getting specific. These are questions for another time. Boy, we, need to be <laughs> we can make another podcast just on this. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. <laughs> Yeah, Jake's Jake's cheating. He's going for his notes over there. Hey, have you got got some questions for us, Jakey? You want to you want to take over for a bit? Oh, well, you you sort of. <laughs> oh, hang on. I'll pull the car over first and let you jump in, and we'll put the back on. <laughs> yeah, I think you're on the red peas, aren't you? Yeah, not yeah. quite on the green peas yet. Actually, just uh, on red peas before before we. I love a good, I love a good tangent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, on on the red peas, great great uh, little. Um, Pick up I just saw in the Sharks change room just recently is uh, our, our young model Caitlin, oh, yep. who's uh, who's now representing Saint John as a red pea plate. Have you seen Have you seen a little uh, poster she's got yeah, up on the wall there? No, seen it floating around Facebook. Yeah, yeah. she's trying to trying to sleep that one in there without yeah. a no so. But um, yeah, so she's now officially a model for Saint John Ambulance. They're um, they're doing a, a, a deal now where you get to learn your First aid for free if you're in yep. the red pea plates. Um, oh, okay. I think there's only ten or twenty spots per term, so yep. per school term. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a great little great little pickup for for somebody you know on their pea plates to suck it and getting the free um, first aid certificate. So yeah, it's really good. Absolutely, it's something good to have as well. Like you never you never really expect you need it, but it is something good to have because. Obviously, when you do need it, you got it. So. Yeah, especially when you see... There's been a couple of really good ads about it, especially yeah. on the radio, where they've got somebody who's trying to learn CPR. They're on the phone with the ambulance crew, and the ambulance is doing their best to try and teach them how to do CPR over the phone, but the yeah. phone's crackling because they're out of service and stuff. Oh, and that's okay. something you're going to deal with a lot out here, yeah. out in you know, these rural areas. A lot of us, you know, can't, um, I personally, you know, doing farming work. Um, there are a lot of people who do farming work and stuff out, out in the bush and stuff, so... It's good to see they're doing a really great idea, yeah, and um, you know, congratulations to Caitlin on your <laughs> modelling debut. So um, you know, like we said, try to sneak it past us, but yeah, good for you. <laughs> so, so Jake, we'll fork the car over. You're in the driver's seat now. What do you got for us? Yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, thanks, Force. Great, great work putting it into cruise control there while, while I do a, a, a physical and mental cramp. Um, <laughs> But I'm going to have to do a bit of a three-point turn here and uh, circle back for a moment because you had a great segue for me and then you just sort of veered off on another tangent. And we ended, we ended <laughs> so up, we missed your exit. We, we ended up out of Kenton, oh, no. put it that way. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I really wanted to talk about both these guys at, uh, about playing f- sport in general at a higher level because... Uh, as you said before, BT, this is sort of the first time you've been in this position, uh, and I'm going to put you on the spot for a moment and ask you what you think we're lacking. Uh, oh, like, there's the obvious conversation in numbers, uh, but is it an is it an approach to training? Is it uh, is is it is it uh, our sort of general approach to how we go about game day? Is it the lack of routine there? Uh, and I'll stop putting ideas in your head. And no, no, it's all right. Um, 
Nah, to be honest, I don't think it's anything to do with you know game day routine because I know everyone does their own their own things on game day. Like I've always been someone that um, doesn't like to do a warm up. Like we'll do like a, a little bit of a, a, a lap type thing and stretches, static stretches in particular. Um, but I've always been someone that gets really anxious before a game, so I don't really like to do anything that gets my heart rate up because I feel like that that ties me out. But I know other people. I think Brock Anning and Kieran Gowding, they go for a lap and, and do their full stretches and do a few run-throughs outside and everything like that. So, I mean, to each his own on game day. To be honest, what I think it really just comes down to is is commitment. It's just a commitment to the club itself. Like, um, really, everything ties back to that that idea of, of committing and, and, it's a, and it's a mindset you have. So, I mean, if you're going to play a season of footy, you're committed to that season. It's not three weeks until I get sick of it, it's not until I buy it, it's not until it gets cold, it's not until it starts raining. Um, and I mean, you see, before you asked before about, about the culture, and that's part of the culture. And I mean, for such a, a new club, what is it, 10, 10 years, isn't it, now? And I think it's been, what, this eight, is, eight this with the league team, league. is it? Or yeah. Something like that. Mm. So, I mean, when you look back, Royals just had their 75th anniversary, so that there's a culture there, you know, probably took them a little bit to get off the ground and now they've got it ingrained in them that they're a successful club and it's and it's the belief that you can achieve things and I think the the biggest thing I noticed when I first came down because I did train with with North Albany before I came to the Sharks and trained with the Sharks and one of the biggest things I noticed was the skill level and, and everything that we trained with was the exact same there was legitimately no different in, in the level and the intensity that people trained with, but it was a, a mental thing. Like, it was almost as if the Sharks boys just believed they weren't as good as North Albany because they'd won the last five premierships. And that's just something that I think people just need to really just commit to the club and just almost just have that self-belief that they are good enough. That That's all it really comes down to. I mean, people say about, and I know Chubb really gets down on himself thinking it's, you know, something to do with the coaches but to be honest, I've had coaches a lot better than Chubb. I've had coaches a lot worse than Chubb, and I mean a lot, lot worse than Chubb and Seji and Jezza. Like they are, they are good coaches, and it's nothing that they're doing. It's literally just the belief that we have and that commitment to want to do better. And I know um, Cohen thinks the same way. It's it's literally just just a mindset thing. And um, if if the Sharks boys can really just change that, I think they'll be successful a lot quicker than than what they think. Um, I know the losses this year have probably been a bit bigger than what they were last year, but I mean when you look at AFL teams, you know, someone like Carlton or something like that, they were Oh yeah, probably Carlton. I just had <laughs> sore a, spot this week. <laughs> oh, I just thought I'd I'd put that in there for you for us. Yeah, the crows aren't travelling too well, oh. so stop it. <laughs> that's all right, we'll we'll leave that for for later on. But and they started off under Brendan Bolton. They were really defensive, really, really defensive. So, I mean, they wouldn't lose by sort of more than five goals most weeks. So their, their losing margin was pretty small. But as soon as they started attacking, that's when they started losing by, by a lot more. So I think that's what's happening this year with the Sharks. We're playing better footy. But because we're playing better footy and attacking, when we turn it over, we are exposed so much more than what you'd be if you're playing two behind the ball, three behind the ball, etc., etc. So, I mean... Coming back to what you're saying, like like I'm saying, it is purely just a, a mindset, a mindset thing, and a commitment to yourself and to the club that you know you should should be there for the whole season 
he'll be there for the whole season, I guarantee two, three years. He'll be playing finals and he'll be making a big mark on those finals. Yeah, absolutely correct. Um, I I completely agree with you and I sort of got lost in that tangent there and no need to drag it back to what I was talking about because you went off onto a pretty interesting point. Uh, for someone who wasn't here last year to see the kind of footy we were playing, it was some pretty good insight. But I, I honestly think that we're playing a better brand of football at our best this year. And those 10, 10 to 15 minute lapses are letting us down a lot more and the margins are a, a bit higher than they were on average last year because we're playing a more attacking brand of football. We've got we've got that belief that we can go with the best teams in this comp and the last time we played Royals, that was proof of that for three quarters. And then in one quarter... <clears throat> unfortunately the last quarter they opened us up and that happens with a with a young crew uh, but yeah as, as you said if we can keep this group together and fully commit to 15 rounds and and look towards playing finals and, and have that belief and do a lot of things right and have a few things go our way then it, it could all happen for us we're right there with the rest of the comp but it's it, getting that mindset right when we're fighting against 75 to... North Albany had their 100th year five-ish years ago. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're fighting against many years of history and, as you said, we're only in our 11th year. So still plenty of work to be done, but hopefully... Hopefully we can continue to keep plugging away and just keep chipping, chipping away and getting a bit closer. Yeah. It's interesting when you look at it from that perspective. You know, our eleventh year. Let's face it, our, our football club's just about to apply for its first pen license. Let alone that. Yes, <laughs> against these hundred years, seventy-five new clubs, whatever they be. Um, now I've just got to. I think I've got to correct you slightly on that one, Snake. I don't think that was a, a tangent. I think that was a monologue. Just about that was fantastic. That little, <laughs> that little spurt there. That was bloody great. Yeah, no, I can talk for hours about footy. So I feel like you've been sort of bottling it that in for a little while. Is that something you sort of thought about a lot, or is that something we just sort of come off with just right now? Oh no, I don't don't really think about it too much. I mean, I'm sort of. I know I really love my footy. Like I watch. I'd watch every game on the weekend just because I like to see what, what people are doing and stuff. And I find, like, I'm, I'm a bit weird. Like, I'll watch something on TV. Or I used to, when I was younger, watch sort of footy, what they were doing, like certain running patterns of certain players. I mean, that sounds really weird when I was about 11, 12. And I just try and apply that to, to my game. And it just sort of helps, I guess, knowing where, where to track the ball and stuff like that. So, I mean, I was just thinking about... I mean, if you can even think about Brisbane if you want to talk about two to three years. I mean, what they lost, lost what won four games, five games last year, and now yeah. look at them sitting third on the ladder by percentage. So it can turn very, very quickly in any. Fagan is a genius. I've got to say that. Oh. I think he. Oh. I I think he is the biggest reason that they are as successful as they are this year. Well, what, what makes you say that about him? A, well, a lot of the personnel is the same. You look at the look at the culture that was at Hawthorne for many years under arguably one of the greatest coaches of our generation. Mm -hmm. 
but as soon as he made that change, Hodgie comes into that lineup. Obviously, they've got Lockie Neal, but the larger part of that list has been built internally, and they're starting to get some real results on the board. Mm. They're playing some real good footy, yep. but I feel like he's taken what he did as what, list manager over at Hawthorne. No. Footy boss or something. Yeah, some, something like that. Some, some, big, some big wig title. He had, he had a big role in what happened at Hawthorne, and he's taken ex- the exact same blueprint mm. that he's worked with there. He's gone, okay, let's instigate that over here with a good young list, plenty of talent, Let's let's draft more homegrown talent rather than drafting these super talented kids from interstate that play there two years and say, I want to go home. And now they're starting to get some real consistency and playing some real good footy. Well, let me, let me ask you then, what's changed in their game style between last year and this year? Nothing. I feel like you're Absolutely nothing. It's, <laughs> it's literally... <laughs> Mindset. Yeah. Tell now that's the only thing and you you're saying from Hawthorne, their culture. They don't play a Hawthorne model, Brisbane. They don't chip it around, they don't play boring footy. Hawks play boring footy. Absolutely <laughs> terrible to watch. But like, literally just just in mindset and you're saying yeah. home homegrown talent, it's not too many Brisbane boys on that list. Lockie Neal, like Lincoln McCarthy, South Australians, was it Jared Berry, Hugh McCluggage, Vic Country Boys. No, it's literally you're saying about the culture and change of mindset, and then look look where it's gotten them. So sharks are coming. I'm telling you, they're coming. <laughs> if you get that mindset right, they're coming. Well, that's it, because you see with Brisbane, you know, a couple of those guys that they picked up, it's just giving more belief to the other players on the team. You know, and Jared Lyons is another one. He's probably just as good as Neil and. Yeah. Chuck and Hodgie back there in the back line just brings up everyone. Yeah. And that's what we're looking at with you guys coming in. You know, just add those little bits and pieces, forward line, back line, middle, just bring that belief up. And yeah. it's fun. amazing what you can turn around by adding just a couple of players in. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just adding those right players. I mean, there's something about adding a good player to a team that can that can do good things. But, I mean, um, I'm going back a couple of years now, and, and Hilly, you'll appreciate this one, but... Players like Matthew Pavlich, for example, he used to be able to play a standard of football which would lift his side. So he'd go out and do something just that little bit special. Nick Rewalt was another one that I, that's, that's a controversial one. I get no, 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 with my no. partner about this one all the time. I but yeah, no. I, be- I believe those two boys were two players who would play a good game of footy and they'd lift their side around them. Whereas I do remember the, um, the Sydney Swans Hawthorne grand final. I remember seeing it was Buddy's first final grand final with the Sydney Swans and I remember watching the um, Fox footy uh, write up about it. They were sitting there saying, "It all comes down to Buddy. What can he do? You know, what's what's he gonna? Is he gonna fire and is he gonna bring it home for the Swans or or not? I'm pretty sure he kicked five goals that game, and they still got absolutely walked on. You know, a good player can do can play good footy, but a great leader, a great player can lift a side. You know, and that's that's the difference for me personally. That's what I see. I I, I look for those people who just seem to be able to take the team with them, not just do something a little bit special. Um, for me personally, in the Bloods, I think I was, whenever I think about that, I always think of Red Rogers, mm-hmm. you know, young Red. I think he's someone who plays really well, and he's gone a long way this year, taking a lot of right strides to getting himself into that leadership role. Something, uh, And he got picked as our, um, we, we, were, we didn't have our uh, captain this week, uh, Liam Offer, so he got put in as the vice-captain under... 
Dwayne Coyne, and I think when he plays the right brand of footy, he'll take he'll take the side with him. You know, I think that's that's the important part. You're going to look for those guys who are going to take the team with them, and they're, they're hard to come by. They are diamond dozen, absolutely, but um, you know, just something like that just lifts the side in a completely different level. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. Yeah, it's going to be a tricky one to find, and and who who can do that for us? But um, you know, we've got all the right signs. I think you're exactly right. You know, we've talked about it a lot. It's all about stringing together the four-quarter performance. We've done things, especially watching the league side, where you've gotten right to it, to um, you know, three quarters against Royals, for example, stayed in front majority of that game. Admittedly, not by much, but it was yeah. just the difference that little bit. Uh, Jake, you and I talked about it last week where we talked about just the mentality of those younger players, um, obviously trying to get through that stage where you can take a beating or get two or three goals kicked against you, against you but not dropping the entire side. Um, Peter, you seem to be someone who loves to watch a lot of footy and, and sort of take in a lot of what's going on in the game, not just who's in front. Yeah. How do you think that relates to a team like Essendon, for example, who are just pulling these amazing come-from-behind wins lately? What are they doing, what are, in your opinion, what are they doing right, and is there anything from that that we can pull away for ourselves? Well, I think the biggest thing with Essendon, and you're saying they've, they've had a few close wins at the moment, in particular I think it was Jed Arios was their first real one this season. Yeah. But it was almost as if once they've done it, so once they did it once, when it happens again, you have the belief, you go, oh, I've done this before. You know, it's like, you know, when you ride a bike, once you eventually get up there and ride it, you go, oh, mentally just go, I can, I can ride this bike now, and you get better and better and better. I think that's just something that we have to do as a, as a team. One of these close games, we are going to win it. And once that happens, these young boys, everyone everyone gets the belief once you do it once. So that's literally what I think it is. And I think coming back to Essendon and winning that GWS game, that gave them the belief that, look, we were three goals down, two, three minutes left. We've come come back and won by, what was it, 10 points or something then, I think. Yeah. But yeah, once you get that belief, you can literally just roll with it, roll with it. And I think... Um, Going back to when we played Royals and it was a, an even game and, and I mean even even though Rocky gave him a bit of a spray at three quarter time, um, oh I don't know who said it was that number number six Parker one of the Parkers I think it was uh, Brayden or David the skinny one or the fat one oh, <laughs> the blondie sort of hair one not the yeah, not a good midfielder one the other yeah. one staring up yeah. <laughs> so the ugly one yeah. just keep in mind we have had a couple of royals listen to this podcast yeah no just staring, just staring. <laughs> listen Ro- away I'm sure Rocky listens he'll tell them about it anyway um, but yeah he, even he said when we were talking after the game as a big group he said even though it was close I never really felt we were going to lose it purely because they'd been in that situation before and they just knew what they were going to do so yeah I think once we win one we'll be right. And I think that's funny because we, we got sort of the opposite with our game against Denmark on the weekend where we started just flat mm. on our first quarter, uh, first half, I should say. Um, something just wasn't right. And we've talked about it. Uh, Tags talks about it a lot. You know, he talks about the um, the book he read, Legacy, about the, the All Blacks and, it, and about all about playing for the team, playing mm-hmm. for the jersey and stuff like that. And um, I don't know if it was a tactical move or not, but he didn't come straight in the change room with us at halftime. Uh, and we walked in, and myself and Rock, big Ricky Inman, we were just, we were livid. We couldn't believe that there were a couple of boys out there who just weren't playing the team game, weren't looking after each other, weren't doing the simple things like Shepherd weren't coming off when they're told to come off. So, 
you know, some words were said, and I, I went out and I said, I swear we've had this conversation already, guys. Like, why are we still doing it? Why are we still here? We had an opportunity a couple of weeks ago with our team building um, training session to, to, to get out the, uh, you know, the bad blood and everything like that and say what needed to be said. And, and I sort of said, so why are we still back at this square one? And that second, that third, third quarter when we rolled out there, it was just a different team. It was night and day. It was a competitive style of football. It was goal for goal. And then suddenly we started creeping up on that lead. And Denmark came across afterwards and, and their coach had a word to Tags and said, we thought you were coming for us. We thought that it was all over. You know? yeah. And it was just that, it was that belief that, it, it, again, but it was unfounded. Yeah. We haven't had a big come from... Well, we're, actually, Tags has said to us a couple of times, hasn't he? He, he prefers it when we're, hard, we're down at halftime because we play harder. And um, I think it was just that that whole we weren't we, we've never been that far down. Mm. It was unfounded belief, you know, that we could we could do it. Yeah. But we we just thought we could, and yeah. we almost did. It was seven point. It, what was a four goal margin was a seven point loss in the end. Yeah, well that's it. It's the belief, and I mean footy is a game of momentum. So once you get a roll on, you believe it. You can really just pack on the goals quickly. And that's something we talked a little bit about last week. And I know you listen to the podcast. Hilly, do you, do you ever listen as well? Yeah, I've been having a listen. Yeah, where, yeah. where do you like to listen to your podcast? Uh, in the car, mate. In the car? <laughs> All right, good. Had so it been going over a couple of trips. Cause, uh, I was hoping for something so... a little bit more exciting. I mean, young Riley Village loves the bathtub. Flecky does it when he goes oh. for a run. Uh, Riley in the bathtub. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's thought. A, that's an image I'm not going to be able to get oh, out now. I'll tell you what, it makes it easy if you say bubble bath. <laughs> it, does, it just makes it a little bit easier. I'm yeah. waiting for someone to say they use it as a mood setter with the missus. <laughs> <laughs> Lights down low, light a few candles and chuck on the feeding frenzy. Oh, that's going to be awkward every time I go out there. Come on, boys, you know, man up and all that sort of stuff out at the footy field. There's going to be some woman out there getting the feeling. The <laughs> <laughs> Keep it going, pussy. <laughs> Uh, I think the other interesting one was Big Mac, our Liam McCandless listens to us when he's stacking shelves at Woolies down at my local bay at head store, so that's good to know. But um, we talked about last week, Hilly, as well, and just what you touched on just now, BT, about momentum. Is that something that you you believe in as well? Do you think that's a, it's a big part of our game, or is oh. it something that's a bit of a superstition? No, nah, I think momentum, 100% in all sports, um, makes a big difference. When things are rolling, it's very easy to keep going. And then when things aren't going your way, then that's when you really have to dig in. Um, and I definitely think that that's a big difference with us um, compared to those other teams that do have that bit more experience and they manage to turn games around where we can't seem to so much. Um, I think partly it's because we're so reactive as well, um, whereas we need to be a bit more proactive. Like, you know, keep saying about how when teams drop off, we can take chances and stuff, whereas we need to going, no, we need to stop them here and, you know, start getting it planned on our way, you know, um, so frustrating listening to guys after the game, especially against Denmark, them saying, oh, I think, think they dropped off a little bit at the end there, but we're just playing good footy, moving the ball well, the momentum was with us, we were, you know, up, everyone was excited, and so don't talk it down, like, if you're playing good footy, you're playing good footy, yeah. but, um, yeah, no, I definitely think the, the mentality is wrong. But, yeah, as far as momentum goes, that's, I reckon that's probably one of the biggest things in sport. And do you think, I'm sort of getting a bit of a general theme here, and I've sort of caught it within, within a couple of people. I think, personally, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'll start with you, BT, on this one. Being the, being the new kid in town, the new kid on the block, 11 years old sort of thing, mm-hmm. into the footy scene in Albany, which has been, you know, it's, it's a 
it's a staple, it's a foothold. I mean, you know, um, you look at the GSFL versus all the other t- teams in the Carnivals and stuff like that. We are a team to beat. Um, we make finals quite consistently, as far as yeah. I can tell. Do you find that um, from what you've played this year, and from what you, when I get to you guys, you guys can have a think about this as well. From obviously playing a deceptively long two years and, and eight years for you, like, um, do you find that we're always, deceptively short? Deceptively yeah. short. <laughs> do you find that we always tend to play reactive footy because we don't feel like we've got the right to be setting a, setting a precedent, going out there playing our version of football first and letting them come to us? Do you find that we're always sort of jump out there and go, right, Royals like to play a certain game and we're going to match that or we're going to counter it this way? Uh, oh, a little bit. I mean, I think that only sort of happens if it doesn't go to plan in the first quarter, I've seen notice. So if we get jumped early, then we're reactive. And particularly as someone that plays in the middle, uh, we all want to go man on and, and defensive. But the problem with doing that is you're watching your man, no matter who wins the tap, you're still paying attention to what they're doing and they're always going to be first to react to the ball. You're better off trying to attack, you know, standing your, your standard sweeper and two to the sides, however you want to put them. But you're better off, you know, actually trying to hunt the ball and, and win, win it, <clears throat> get it forward. In terms of like, I, I get the feeling it's almost like when we go out there, we're, we're like everyone's little brother in Albany. We're, we're just the, the youngest kid, you know, the, the three older brothers, almost like the Selwoods, you know, we're like Scott Selwood. Little Scooter Cell, we're just trying to find his way in the world, sort of thing. Everyone else is, you know, Joel, Adam, and Troy. You know. uh, it's a bit like that, but I mean, like I said, I don't think it's too reactive unless we we really get jumped in that first quarter. And I think that's only really happened probably twice this year against Railways the first time and probably against Royals the first time. Since then, I think it's, it's actually been right. You know? Okay, I think it's our third quarters that are that have been real mm-hmm. trouble coming out of that halftime break. We've come out flat more it's just often not switched than not. On yeah. Than anything. yeah. What do you think about it, Hilly? Um, you know, is it something like you obviously play? You come from a more of a uh, football, as in soccer background, uh, to put it correctly <laughs> or incorrectly, depending which way you look at it. Is that something that you see? Do you feel that way about the Sharks? And is it something you sort of set up in different games, or is it um, is it a general rule where you sort of you, you see how it goes first off and you react to it from there? Yeah, see, I think if you come out looking to just neutralise what they're doing, then you're already on the back foot. Um, obviously, you've got to be accountable for what they're going to do regardless. You know, whether you're versus the top team or the bottom team, you know, everyone's got the same ability. You know, putting it in with the AFL, like, you, know, you have to watch guys like Tim Kelly and Dangerfield as much as you watch like Paddy Cripps, you know, even though they're on completely... Opposite end, so bring a you are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a good player from the other teams, but couldn't think of one. So uh, I'll go Paddy Cripps. Um, but yeah, it's you've got to have some kind of thought there. But I just feel like yeah, as Snake said, third quarter seemed to be a big killer, and it's it's too much thinking about what we're gonna do. Um, talking about Carlton again, yes, you can slow it down to stop them from kicking goals and kicking away from you, but partly you've got to do your own thing to try and close that gap as well. You know, we're not in a team that wants to try and only lose by five or a team that wants to win. Yeah. Right? And you're never going to if you're just trying to slow them down. Yeah, you've still got to attack. Yeah. I think that's what we, we lacked for many years there, and now we've got some offensive weapons... 
and it's just a matter of finding how to find that healthy balance between between attacking but not attacking at all costs and learning when it's time to switch from attacking mode to defensive defensive mode and and switching it back on again yeah after yeah exactly we're a little bit undisciplined across the board with that and we get picked apart on the turnovers but again just indicative of of a young side that lacks experience together and we're working it out on the fly yeah, well, that's a massive thing as well, like knowing each other as well. Like you see so often, especially with the kicks inside fifty at the moment. You know, seeing it, guys that have wicked kicks like BT and Bryce and Brock and stuff, just putting it that little bit too far out of reach, just not completely knowing how how people are going to meet it, which sides they prefer to get the ball and things like that. But that stuff's going to come once you start actually taking those marks inside, and you're actually lining up for goal, you know, guys like Wacker will never miss from 30 in front, but unfortunately he's taking marks on the boundaries and he's trying to pick the ball up from 30 out on the boundary and stuff like that. You're never going to really have that same success. Yeah. Um, a lot of quarters, I think, we probably have about the same kind of inside 50s. It's a bit of a sore point for myself being a Dockers fan as well. You know, you, you get it in there just as much and still lose by 10 goals. It's even more frustrating. Um, but just as the team starts gelling together a bit better, you know, Snake will back me up here with the league side, you know, how many do you reckon out of the starting 22 are actually the same from last year? Like, it changes every year and it's it's hard to build too much of a team when you've got that. I think the other thing is, well, you can look at even the starting 22, how much it's changed from this year to where we are now in this season. You know, it's changed up a little bit again. I mean, obviously, you know, you you you've been included in the side. There's been a couple of come up and down, um, and it's just going to keep changing, isn't it? Um, just you know, like we said, it's all about trying to make sure we maintain that group and keep it together to make sure that we can get some success. But anyway, I think we're um, I think we're getting a bit soft on the couch here again. <laughs> a bit soppy. Yeah, a bit soppy. <laughs> Deceptively so. Deceptively. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that uh, it's t- it's time to call up. Uh, needs some aggression, Snakey. Oh, time to call up aggression. the snake shirt front. Oh, here we go. Oh, uh, I'm going to go on a bit of a Byron Pickett-esque oh, rampage danger. this week. I'm throwing out a few shirt fronts. <laughs> here we go. Uh, and just to soften the blow to everybody else, first of all, I'll I'll throw a shirt front out to myself. Uh, I'll take you back to Friday night last week. Uh, was training with the 16s and Colts, and, and BT will back me up here. Uh, he'll be right in, right in, grabbing me by the scruff of the neck because it was a pretty, pretty rough move. But uh, the the young blokes messed up a drill, and and we all got called in and got told we had to sprint to the goal line and back and. Myself and young Mitch Collier, we always always have a little bit of banter and a little bit of push and shove, and it's all good fun, but it got a bit messy as we got to the goal line, and he gave me a bit of a don't argue. His hand hooked under the chain around my neck, uh, which I've sort of taken to wearing because a couple of the boys like to flirt with flirt with me on the track, and my wedding ring hanging around there is to tell them, no, I'm taken. Uh, yeah, my my my, uh, my deterrent, and the chain broke, and took about 25 minutes of four of us searching a 20 metre by 20 metre area, until young Mitch finally found my wedding ring, but I got 
out of the doghouse before I even got kicked in there by the missus, so that was lucky, but I'll take the shirt front for that. Uh, second shirt front. Uh, ooh. Yeah, we'll have to go to Judge Skinny. Uh, yes. uh, oh no! Oh yes! Oh, no. Yeah, Judge Skinny took an oath, and uh, and Force, would you be able to quickly? Just I could, I'd love off? to give you a quick recap on this. Now, this was this was my. I was looking forward to this all night long. I saved it for last, and that was our a uh, good mate Wacker. Now he's been training with a bit of soreness on his foot, so he's uh, he was searching for some padding. And padding was exactly what he put in there. He went out of his way to go and purchase his own, not just pinch his missus, purchase his own extra heavy-duty, heavy-flow, feminine hygiene products for, for padding in his uh, footy boots. And we had him dead to rights. We, it was the biggest recoasting operation I'd ever ran. We had witness protection involved. We had, we had evidence, expert witnesses, everything. Um, and... Judge Skinny just couldn't pull off the conviction, could he? Yeah. He was given every opportunity. Every hey, opportunity. Dead to so he, dead he, to he he took an oath beforehand that said that he would tell whatever porcupine necessary. And he went soft. He went soft. He got soppy. What porcupines did he need to tell? Because that, that's true. <laughs> that's that's right. what he does. We that's had what happened. We Maybe had that was part of the problem. Oh, it's too true. <laughs> uh, that's gotta be that's gotta be a shirt front, I'm calling it. That's now. a big shirt front. Cop that skinny. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, last shirt front in the, in the vein of Judge Skinny, uh, goes to big two metre Peter Groco for, for skipping bail <laughs> and, uh, he's still on the run. We haven't seen him since and he's pretty easy to spot. So I'm sure if he was down tonight, we would have just seen his head peering over the rest, <laughs> peering over everybody else's, but, uh, yeah, he skipped bail and he's on the run and hasn't actually faced up to his conviction yet, so I'm sure Judge Skinny will bring the hammer down on him. Oh, I hope he does. But it was good to get his uh, get his old man on this stage on his behalf, <laughs> and we convicted him, so that was good. But uh, Peter Croco, mate, you better you better look out, mate, because the the gavel of Skinny's coming for you, and there's nowhere that you can hide, especially uh, being a two meter giraffe. <laughs> and lastly, I'd like to throw a big shepherd out to the young Colts that came and came up and filled in spots in the league side this week. Uh, I say filled in spots. Uh, a, a couple of them got very late notice to their debuts. Uh, young Flynn Cristinelli uh, and who else debuted for us on the weekend? Hud, Hudson. Yeah, Hudson O'Day. Yeah. Hudson O'Day. Um, and uh, yeah, we had young young Sean come back for his second run and uh, Damien Woods and by God, the kids stood up uh, all, all day. They were probably some of the cleaner users of the ball. They didn't get mountains of it, uh, but they looked right at home. And that's, that's full credit to what, uh, what Mick and Muzz are doing down in the, in, in the uh, younger grades. But yeah, I, I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't talk them up enough. I was so impressed with how they carried themselves. Um, even if you know we're talking Jake Anning in the in the Bloods, I think he got in the best players, you know, and that's indicative of what direction we're heading in this club. Is those guys are genuinely the future, uh, so 
yeah, big shepherd goes out to those boys and hope to see uh, alongside us again because pretty exciting stuff, really, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, played, played, uh, Jake played great footy for us on that uh, down the defence as well. You know, um, Taze's uh, mentality is he likes to put his fitter, fitter boys back down the, in the back line and, and Jake is up there with the fittest that I've seen. You know, he plays some great footy, so well done for young Mr. Renning and, and congratulations to those boys going up. They... Just exactly right. Felt right at home having it, watch them out there. So, and I think it's good for them as well to get a bit of a taste of, um, you know, I've talked about it a little bit this year. Sort of that maturity level that you guys are entrusted with in the way you play footy, where you're in charge of your own bench uh, to a certain degree. And I think that's, um, I think it's going to be good for them to see exactly what we've talked about, where your bench line isn't a punishment, mm. and just be getting getting a taste of that, you know, so that way if they do find themselves in the blood side, they can help. And once again, going back to what you're saying, BTs build that culture because that is something that we're still struggling with at the bloods level is that just getting rid of that mentality that, you know, going on the bench is, is so you can catch your breath and get ready to reload and go out there again. It's not that you've been playing bad footy. So uh, it's good, good to see them get up there and get, get a bit of a run in the, in the uh, top grade. So congratulations to those boys. That's exactly right. Uh, just just on that, I was in a rotation role with young Damien Woods and, and the two, him and I playing the same position but we offer very different things i'm small and slow and very very white he's very very naturally talented and very very quick and he made one promise to the coach and that was that he was going to kick 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 at least one goal from down in that pocket Uh, every time i came off I just said to him exactly where he needed to go, exactly what role he needed to play, and just do what you do naturally. And that's exactly what he did all day. And at times, you know, he probably tried to do a little bit too much, but by the end of the day, he found his groove, and I was quite happy to sit back on that pine and just let him and just see him go to work because that's what we're all here for, really. You know, not not here for the individual accolades, but here to just play our roles and, and hope that that gets us across the line. Was he able to keep his promise in the end? Yep. He kept his yeah. promise. <laughs> what a nice and little cunning so. goal it was. What a man. Very nice goal. What a man. Good to see. Yeah, uh, I couldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I'm there for. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right. But yeah, it's good to see you. So congratulations to the young man. Buddy, good on him keeping his word like that. Yeah, good. Good to have that confidence and just go out there with that belief and just say, look, I'm kicking that goal today. Today's my day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Off he went. Good man. All right, well, uh, I think we're getting towards the end, which means it's time to uh, line up the Fast Five. Now, before we do that, we do have a little throw-out to a young man who's doing something pretty special. Uh, Jake, do you want to give us a bit of a rundown of what young Mr. Marwick's up to? Yeah, so for those who listened to last week's episode, we've already spoken about this, but just wanted to circle back around again and and make sure that uh, we're getting the good word out there. But uh, yeah, Cohen Marwick, uh, August 17th, uh, we'll be playing railways over at Tigerland. Uh, so if all goes to plan, that'll also be our mate Wacker's 100th game for the club. That's <laughs> um, He'll be the second man to to reach that milestone and, uh, yeah, well deserved. He's been a great servant of the club, but uh, after all that, we'll be putting the limelight firmly on Cohen, uh, shaving his head for 
up there with one of the best causes that I can think of, and that's the Black Dog Institute. Um, so uh, I just wanted to uh, touch base on that and let as many people know as, po- as possible that after awards at Railways, we'll be doing a bit of a show upstairs at the... Uh, at the Centennial Stadium, uh, if you'd like to donate, you can get in touch with Cohen uh, on Facebook or or just via the club and uh, yeah, touch base and uh, feel free to donate. Uh, and the men's helpline is always available on 1300 789 978 uh, if anybody's feeling the pinch and just needs someone to talk to. But... Uh, the best thing about footy is it's a pretty safe place where you can reach out to a mate and uh, there's always someone available that's there to chat. Absolutely. And if anybody is looking for where to donate, you can obviously jump on the Sharks Facebook page. You'll also see it in the bio for our Feeding Frenzy podcast. So, um, yeah, get get amongst it. Get around Cohen. And thankfully, finally, we'll see the end of bloody... Little Miss Goldilocks and those terrible bloody blonde bangers running around. So I'm looking forward to that. I don't know if I'm looking forward to that more than Wackers 100th or not. It's, it's right up there. You know? It's, it's going to be a big day. It's going to be a big day. I don't, it's it's going to be emotionally draining. Emotionally charged, mate, I reckon, that one. So, yeah, let's uh, get around Cohen and put the leash on that old dirty black dog. So good on you, mate. And um, as I said, it's time to fire up the fast five. So, Jake, you've been... Rolling the arm over for a couple of uh, spells there. You ready to you ready to knock this out? And keep in mind, young Jack Banks is always listening, and he's uh, he's always likes to make sure we get through this nice and quick. So Bangalore, this is for you, mate. Are you ready yeah, to go? I don't, I don't know. I'm a bit of a night watchman, but I'll I'll do my best. Night, uh, night watchman so, for so, batsman, mate. Yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> lady <I'd>, cricket. <laughs> well, this isn't cricket. This is this is the sharks feeding frenzy. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, keep it all right, cricket. so I'll I'll fire the questions out and I'll get the answers from you, Hilltop first. Oh, you, so Hilltop faces and have the the I'll let you face it. I want a wicket today. I want a wicket today. But it'll just be nice and quick, one after the other. Don't make me ask it twice. All righty. So starting off at the top, great place to start. Who is your dream Brownlow day? Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Interesting. Well, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Brownlow Day. That'll turn a few heads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you on Jesus. Oh, oh wow. How do I time it? Oh, no, I'll have to say my missus. Go and say best name. Oh, he's yeah. blocked that yeah. one. Yeah. He's blocked that <laughs> one right in the stubs. Who's the first one in the showers at the sign of rain? Myself. Well, I'd have to be Tris. Who? Tris Lou. Yes. <laughs> it's been known to disappear when there's a bit of rain. Who's most likely to blow off a bus trip for the missus? Oh, Richter's sneaking up there. Banksy's <laughs> not far behind, unfortunately. Oh, I have done it this year, so I'm going to have to, again, oh. say myself. Who's the club pest? <laughs> oh, sorry, Squidgy. It'd have to be Riley oh. Boyd. <laughs> Alright, right. Club pest. Oof. We're gonna throw out throw out the name. I'm just gonna go Colin. Colin's a bit of a pest, I reckon. <laughs> love him, love him to death. Well played. Uh and who would you trust most in the zombie apocalypse? Oh. Oh, I reckon Banksy done with that. Jesus. 
You're asking the real tough questions. It's, these yeah. are the real ones. The zombie apocalypse from the footy club. This is where it gets dirty. Who would I trust? You know what? I'm going to throw, throw a name out there. I'm going to go Jeff. I reckon Jeff would have me back. Oh. And, if, and if need be, I could run away. <laughs> Jeff. I feel like the sacrifice <laughs> play. I, I feel like Jeff's the guy. We're talking Jeff Oldfield, yeah, Presidente, yeah, not, yeah. not Jeff. No, Hardy, El, El Presidente, yes. Yeah, I, I, I feel he like the Prez is the guy that's got the underground bunker. Oh, he's got connections. <laughs> he knows he's, 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 he's got ready. He's got rations. He's got a gun locker. <laughs> he's nah, good to go. He's a prepared man. He knows what's <laughs> happening. And if he knew it was coming, oh, yeah, I reckon there'd be and if, something to play there. Exactly. And if he doesn't have it, I mean, he sells real estate. He knows, oh, he he, he knows where it is and he's probably got the key. So... <laughs> So, Jake, would that be your answer to the same question? Who, who you trust in the zombie apocalypse? So it's within the club? Yeah, within the club. Four. Um, I'd probably have to trust one of the few guys that's slower than me, so you'd make good food. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Just a quite little known fact. I actually got really drunk one day watching The Walking Dead. I'm a huge fan. Oh, no. Uh, the same day that my brand new credit card came to town, uh, I spent a thousand dollars on zombie apocalypse anti weaponry. So I've got everything from machetes, bows, arrows, axes, anything that was legal and on eBay to buy, I could get it. So if you want anybody who's coming back at the zombie apocalypse, it's the force. I'm happy with that. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying with you. <laughs> I've also just quietly, I think I've got one of the better rigs getting around too for the uh, not not. Not sporting the rig, obviously the the big uh, the big Ford out the front there. I reckon they're yeah. one of the better ones for these zombie apocalypse. Run a few well. down, yeah. 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 I think she go through a few. You know, yeah. deep lockers in the back, thirty threes. You know, she oh, should be on. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm changing my answer now. Yeah, <laughs> right. You've got the call up. That's the way. <laughs> Unit number three now. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of zombie apocalypse, I can't wait for the new Zombie Land to come out. Oh, that looks oh, great. That was it? a great movie the first time around. Yes. And the fact that they've waited this long to get us the next one, but they're doing it, that's the main thing. Which is good, because I'm getting a bit tired of these Disney remakes, I tell you. If I have to watch another one, I'm, I'm not not loving it. Not going to see The Lion King, won't do it. You know, cartoons are the way to go. I've been meaning to, I've been promising Shell that I'd take her there, but it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah? Yeah. No, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, where do you, old school? I've been promising this is oh, really? But there's, there's no, I just can't wait to be king. The sound, the soundtrack has just been obliterated. Oh, you're kidding! Uh, like, don't speak from personal experience, but from the reviews I'm hearing, I'm reading online. There's one or two, one or two songs from the original soundtrack have been have been kept, Ooh. and uh, yeah, the rest of your inner child is gonna be Left one. crying in the corner. I've heard they've actually written a song specifically for for Beyonce to have one in there, so. You know, they've written new ones for, for no reason. And I think it's time we stop speculating and actually go watch it. I refuse to. I just can't do it. <laughs> I'll, 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 you know what, you guys can go to the movies and see yourselves up there. I'll sit, sit up in my room and I'll watch the, uh, I'll watch the original and we'll see who's happier at the end of the day. Well, I think there'll be tears flowing regardless of which one you watch. Right? Oh. As soon as my bus goes down, I'll be erecting a corner, don't worry about that. I think you're just going to be how I am with Game of Thrones because yeah. I, I still haven't watched past season one, episode three. I just don't have the attention span for it. Yeah, I respect that. I, I watched about five minutes of the new Dumbo and that was just a CGI nightmare. 
the grass was just too green, the sky was just too pink and all that sort of... It was just a super like <laughs> night. It's like somebody said, hey, we could go out and shoot this outside or we could just stay inside yeah. on our laptop and, and sit there in our iPhones and make it happen and that's what they did. So, absolute shock. And Col- Col- Colin McFarrell or whatever his name is running around with one arm is just weird to watch. You know, it's just, just, not, it's just not right running around with one arm. So, uh, no, don't rate it. Not looking forward to it. And I'm not looking forward to the fact that they're making a new Milan movie and they've decided not to put Mushu in it. And he makes and, the movie. And they're not doing any of the songs. So there's going to be no singing and no Mushu. Don't no. even bother making it. Where Just turn around, are. pack it up and go home. I'm yeah. sorry. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. <laughs> Dishonor, on, Dishonor your on your whole family. <laughs> 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 and I think on that note, we'll wrap it up there. And I guess there's only one way to wrap this show up. And, and that's by shots. saying, up the, up the shark. Shark. Up the shark is- <laughs>